The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Monday, March 16th. Free agency is almost underway. The tampering period is kicked off by the time you're listening to this. Franchise tag window has closed, and, and we got a little breaking news here. This is not going to be a daily podcast. It's going to be like an eight-times-a-day podcast. In all seriousness, we have a bunch of micro-pods for you as news breaks. And big news broke on Monday with Dak Prescott being franchise tagged by the Dallas Cowboys. Joining me to talk about it, Patrick Walker and Jared Dubin. What's going on, fellas? Hey, how's it going, Brinson? I'm uh, just awaiting the Cowboys losing their top receiver and top <laughs> corner on the open market after franchise tagging their corner, their quarterback a year after giving monstrous deals to a running back and inside linebacker and their fourth best offensive lineman. <laughs> I, I figured that this was going to be uh, a very upbeat Dubin that we got <laughs> that we had on the pod here today. Uh, I, I know that Dubin is is upset at how things have transpired and I, I can't entirely be uh, disagreeable in that aspect I mean the Cowboys had uh, several months to lock up a deal with Dak Prescott and, and to their credit they did uh, make several attempts they make several offers I was I'm told uh, over the past summer in 2019 going into September and the the last offer was upwards of 33 million dollars I believe in September before Dak Prescott basically walked away and said hey I'm going to bet big on myself I got a new offensive coordinator and Kellen Moore, who wants to pass the ball more. Uh, and although it didn't end well for the team at 8-8, eight and eight, it did end well for Dak Prescott, who had a career-best season across the board. Uh, now he's entering a, a market that is basically set to pay quarterbacks huge money, even over what we've become accustomed to at the position. So he played his hand well. He has all of the leverage in the Cowboys. All they had to do was throw a few more piles on the on the table, they could have gotten this done and secured Amari Cooper on a franchise tag to buy themselves more time, and and they didn't. And I'm with Dubin as far as um, completely railing against the team for allowing and undervaluing, I should say for undervaluing Byron Jones and allowing him to hit the open market. I think he's the best cornerback this team has seen since Terrence Newman. Uh, I think they're still kicking themselves about letting Newman walk uh, a few years ago. So, Yeah, I mean, Dubes, I, I would say this, like, and I, I don't I don't disagree with anything you said. I think it's like very classic Jerry Jones, though, to spend an entire offseason making a huge deal. I mean, like all we talked about last offseason was it was uh, Zeke Elliott's deal. And like, you know, they had to get it done and he was going to hold out. And um, it felt like, you know, in hindsight, I mean, I don't even know if you need hindsight to figure it out, but like had they just signed Dak Prescott to some sort of reasonable contract last year, and they probably could have had him, like if you're buying out a year and then two tags, the final year of his rookie deal and two tags. And because look, it's not like this is breaking news that they uh, would probably only have one tag or that he wasn't going to have a fifth year option. You could have got him for a substantially cheaper cost. And now that he can, and smell blood in the water and see the open market. There's no way this dude is going to take less than $35 million a year. I wouldn't, even if he wants to, his agents, like, they're like, listen, man, I'm sorry. We can't. 
Like we can't, we'll never get another client again if we don't get max dollars for you on the open market. So was this, do you, how much, like what percentage do you put on Jerry Jones for this? Well, a uh, hundred, like, okay, yeah. this is like, this is what I was exactly what I was saying last off season when people were like, Oh my God, you know, how is Dak not going to take $30 million a year? He doesn't deserve more than that. Like, I don't know how many more times people can say, it does not matter what quarterbacks deserve. The only thing that matters is what the most recent quarterback contracts look like. There was no chance ever that Dak was going to take less than $35 million a year in the first three years because that's what he would get if he was franchised twice and then and then they all of a sudden had to pay him the franchise tag again. And now if you think about it, if they would have signed him $35 million a year, let's say they gave him $1 more than Russell Wilson got last offseason, that would look like a bargain right now. Ryan Tannehill just got $29.5 million a year. Kirk Cousins got $33 million a year. If they made him the highest paid player in the history of the league this time last year, it would look like a bargain by now. Instead, they splash the pot for you know a running back who's going to make more than the seventh and eighth highest paid running backs in the league combined. They made an inside linebacker one of the seven or eight highest paid linebackers in the league. They made their fourth best offensive lineman a $10 million a year player. And you know they, they might lose players at you know two positions that are significantly more important than any of those three positions like it was just very obvious that Dak's contract was going to be for more than they were willing to offer last offseason and if they had just met his price it would look like a bargain by now and I, and I think to your point um when it, when it comes to the Cowboys and Dak Prescott I don't think that they had enough foresight in this situation they were distanced enough from the collective bargaining agreement at that point and you know what are we talking June July August September wherein uh that was not in the forefront of Dak Prescott or, or Todd France, his representation's mind, uh, as it is now. I mean, it's that's, you know, aside from the coronavirus, <laughs> what are we talking about? We're talking about the CBA landing. And when talking about the CBA landing, you're talking about the injection of new TV revenue. You're talking about salary caps that are going to explode as, as you know, soon as 2021 going forward. And now that, like Dubin said, Dak smells blood in the water. Had the Cowboys uh, went ahead and, and got him secured on a four or five year deal, averaging thirty five million dollars a year, maybe through, um, you know, one oh five Adam in September, as opposed to what I've been told, which was about one hundred one oh one in guaranteed money. Then this deal would have been long gone and they could have focused on Amari Cooper, could have focused on Byron. Aaron Jones, it might have been in the situation to use the tag on Cooper and just pay Jones or use the tag on Jones and just pay Cooper. But the bottom line is they would have had more flexibility than they have right now, which is little to none, despite the fact that they have, I think, the salary cap, what is it at? at 198.2 uh it's been set so they have a projected 72 million dollars so uh take 33 out of that right now for the franchise tag for deck uh still have a good chunk to get a lot of things done in free agency but the question is why why are you allowing byron jones to walk your plan is still to sign Dak prescott to a long-term deal before july 15th uh you know that that's where you are now now you have to sit back and look at what's available out there in free agency and don't tell me they're looking at someone like chris harris Right. When you have Byron Jones in the building, don't tell me that they should potentially strike a deal for Darius Slay, which that completely boggles my mind that that's even a, a you know, a take. Um, you got a premier cornerback in the building. And if you need it convincing of that, look at how the Philadelphia Eagles are about to swing big for him and the New York Giants. And now today we're seeing reports that the Redskins are going to be in on it. You mean to tell me you're the only team in your division that doesn't understand how valuable Byron Jones is? That should cause you to look in the mirror and say, hey, we're doing something wrong here. But they won't. And so they're in a tight spot now. All right. Do we? It's, all right. it's also just the, 
the priorities that, that they showed last offseason. You know, they they were engaged in this, you know, weeks long Zeke holdout and they decided, you know what, we're going to splash the pot for other guys to try to motivate him to sign a deal. And then they went and met his price anyway. You know, it just what they prioritized throughout this whole last year or so, it just it shows a team with not just a lack of foresight in terms of what Dak was going to be worth, but with priorities that are out of place in the modern NFL. Yeah, I'm with you. And and look, I would say this too, like the other part is, and I realize that, you know, economic wise, like you can't, you know, sir, you, know, you can say it's a sunk cost, et cetera. And you can't throw, but it's not, this isn't even like a good, good, bad money after good or good money after bad or whatever it is. Like they give him a first round pick for Amari Cooper. And you, so you basically rented Amari Cooper for a year and a half for a first round pick. How aggressive, Patrick, do you think they'll be? I know there are reports out there that they want to try and, you know, sign him. And I know, you know, as you reported, they like, they, I mean, like, they like Amari Cooper. They want him. They give him a first round pick for him. Do you think they have a chance of bringing him back? Do you think he wants to come back? Will they be aggressive in signing him? Um, and I mean, do you think that, you know, giving up a first round pick for him and then letting him walk is a major problem? No, I, they are very, very aggressive in keeping them or trying to keep Amari Cooper. I, I got a text from a source uh, not five minutes before we fired up the podcast that basically said um, they're going hard to get this done. Uh, and the talks, as we have this conversation, they remain aggressive. Both sides are open. There is no holding pattern. Uh, they're having back and forth right now about a little bit of everything. As I saw a colleague, you know, Jane Slater of NFL Network just a moment ago, uh, they're working towards it. So I wouldn't be surprised if the deal lands today, uh, tomorrow or Wednesday. But I also wouldn't be surprised if Amari Cooper kind of, uh, you know, gives way to a little bit of curiosity to see what he would actually receive as far as offers on the open market are concerned. Now, that obviously is what the Cowboys are trying to prevent because it's going to inevitably push his price tag higher. Uh, but I have been told that the Cowboys are willing to go upwards of $20 million a year to keep Amari Cooper. They don't want him to be a one-and-a-half-year rental for a first-round pick. They don't want to start over um, with a, a premium pick in the 2020 NFL draft. They have more dire needs. You're going to let Byron Jones walk. You're going to have to get a premium cornerback. Uh, you're looking at needing to bolster that defensive interior line. You need to upgrade the safety position. You can't afford to create a huge void on offense by allowing Cooper to walk. So they're really, really aggressive about it. Amari Cooper has doubled and tripled down on wanting to remain in Dallas. He said, quote, he wants to be a Cowboy forever, end quote. Uh, and that's true. And the Cowboys want him to be with them for the foreseeable future. Now it's just a matter of can they get the, you know, the length of contract down? Because, again, what's in the forefront of players' minds right now? The CBA. How soon can they renegotiate these deals after they signed them in 2019 or 2020? Um, what's going to be the final dollar amount per year? What's the guaranteed money? So good news for Cowboys fans is there is an excellent chance that even if Amari Cooper uh, does test the water, that he does end up back in Dallas. But, of course, that's not guaranteed. Yeah, Brinson, I think you – I can't remember who you talked about it with on the podcast last week where – Me either. <laughs> <laughs> I think even even these deals, you know, twenty million dollars a year for Amari Cooper sounds like a lot. It's gonna be it's more than you know I believe than what Michael Thomas signed for. But the, the new TV deals are going to be negotiated pretty soon, and I think that no matter what guys sign for this offseason, it's gonna look like a bargain within a year or two because the cap is going to go up even more than it did this year. I think this year's cap jump, while it was $10 million, it was the lowest percentage cap jump since I believe 2013. Yep. And that's, I think it's going to jump percentage wise 
more than that over the next couple of years as they sign their new TV deals, assuming that, you know, the league ever gets started again, um, you know, based on what we're going through with coronavirus right now. I would imagine at some point in the future there will be football again. We don't know when it is, like based on news out there now. Wouldn't be surprised if the next NFL season didn't start on time. All right, but... so let's, 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 let's not get ahead of ourselves in the DAC emergency podcast. I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just saying, like, yeah. They're, they're going to sign new TV deals at some point. Whenever football does come back, I think these deals that get signed this offseason could be looking like bargains in a year or two. I'll say this, too. Like, you read the new CBA, and there is literally, as there was in the last CBA, a clause in there, and I've talked about this a bunch, that excludes the Dallas Cowboys marketing arm from all revenue. <laughs> like, Jerry Jones has his own clause in the CBA that carves out a big chunk of cash that goes into his pocket and his family pocket so it's like why are you crying poor on Dak Prescott you discovered him in the draft after you screwed up the Paxton Lynch situation like like an accidental genius situation you screwed up the Connor Cook situation accidental genius part two and then you grabbed Dak because you were desperate and it turns out he's an incredible quarterback just pay this guy what are you waiting for it drives me nuts it's so dumb to pay a running back instead of Dak and look Zeke's great but come on man it's insane to do this the Cowboys are mishandled it and um you know i think they're gonna pay the price now because they're about to potentially lose two free agents let me ask you this patrick if because the cowboys have signed they've tagged dak which means they have to july 15th to work on a deal we'll see if they hammer something out if they wait too long patrick mahomes is gonna sign something and they're really gonna pay a price because <laughs> he's gonna go off the top of mahomes because he's got they just played out the, the two tags do if they come away paying amari cooper a 20 million dollar a year contract in free agency and tagging dak and losing Byron Jones, what letter grade would you give them in that scenario? Uh, um, it, okay, so to make sure that I'm clear here, you're saying that they there is not a deal struck after the tag has been applied. Well, to don't worry about the DAC deal for now. They get him oh. for next year. They get Amari Cooper locked down in free agency. Okay, they so keep two if, or three guys, but they did it in a terrible process. Like, like what would your grade be? And you can be, I mean, yeah. Well, I, I'm going to just grade the final result uh, versus yeah. the actual process because, yes, it's sometimes it's ugly how the sausage is made, but if the sausage is at least remotely delicious, then we can we can work some things out here. Um, so if the Cowboys can get the, you know, the sausage that they're trying to make to a point where it's palatable for NFL fans, for Cowboys fans in particular, then I'd give them uh, a C plus. And the reason I give them a C plus is because I really – believe that losing Byron Jones is going to come back to bite them in the rear end in a big way. So let's say hypothetically they go into the draft and you get someone like a C.J. Henderson at the 17th overall pick. Guess what? There's a learning curve in the at the NFL. You're not just going. I mean, the likelihood of a cornerback jumping in and becoming Jalen Ramsey is slim to none. That's just the reality of the situation. So it may take two to three years for someone like Henderson or any other premium uh, cornerback in this prospect pool to come in and start being an impact guy and playing at the level that Byron Jones is currently in coverage. And you could say, oh, well, you know, he, he lacks the interceptions. For me, that also goes to scheme uh, and the weakness thereof and how him and others, you know, in the secondary in Dallas were taught and are taught to play the ball. Now, here comes Mike Nolan. Here comes Mike McCarthy. There are going to be changes there. I would have loved to see Byron Jones team with, with someone like Mike Nolan. Show me what this new secondary can do. But I promise you, Byron Jones is going to leave the Cowboys. He's going to end up with four interceptions in 2020 for the next team. And the Cowboys are going to have this premium pick at, cor- at cornerback that they're going to have to figure 
figure out how to teach him to be the new Byron Jones. They didn't learn from, you know, walking away from Terrence Newman prematurely. They haven't had a premium cornerback since. And now that you have one and you've kind of flexed him into oblivion over the first three years, had you committed him to cornerback in the first place, he would have already been an all pro, probably effective year two, definitely year three, not just year four. And now you're exercising a fifth year option because you want to see if he can do it again. Cowboys are in a bad spot in the secondary. You got to upgrade your safety position. You got to upgrade your defensive interior. And now you have a gaping hole at right cornerback. So C plus, yes, you kept your offense together, which is fantastic. But we all looked at the Cowboys and we all saw the Cowboys defense last year. And they're about to take a step back. That's a scary, scary proposition. Yeah, I would agree with everything Pat just said, uh, especially moving Byron Jones around in early in his career, bouncing him back and forth between safety and corner. There are some guys you could do that with. I mean, Byron Jones essentially was a picture perfect for the way they wanted to play their defense to play corner. One of the reasons he doesn't have many picks, the dude never gets thrown at. He was thrown at like third least often of the corners that played 500 or more snaps last season. Um, nobody throws at him. It's hard to get picks if nobody throws at you. Um, second of all, I think they have massively undervalued the safety position for the last, I don't know, 15 years. They haven't invested in it in free agency. They haven't invested in it in the draft essentially since Darren Woodson. Then when they came on the clock in the late second round last year, they decided they were going to take an interior defensive lineman rather than one of the three safeties that were on the board that everybody thought were going to be gone by then. You know, the interior defensive lineman Tristan Hill was so bad that they're looking at potentially taking another interior defensive lineman in the first round this year. You know, they, they've just massively mismanaged things in in terms of the way they're building their defense. And now they're going to let one of the, I don't know, two or three best defensive players on the team walk because he doesn't get interceptions. Like, get a safety who gets interceptions. Value the safety position even a little bit over the past few years. And you may not be worried about the fact that Byron Jones doesn't get picks. And then, Get a coordinator. You know, get a coordinator yeah. that teaches interceptions. All right, so and give me a letter, Jay Dubin. Yeah, I was going to say that's where I was going next. I don't see how you can even go higher than like a C minus if you don't sign the quarterback to a long term deal. Like no matter what else you do, if you don't get Dak signed long term, that's like the only thing that matters. You have well, to have well, your quarterback. Well, let, let's in. be clear. Like if the Cowboys, it, it, we're just grading it just based on going yeah, I know. To draft. Like they've got Dak, they got Amari, they don't lose Byron Jones. Look, if you let if, if Dak ends up playing out two tags and then leaves, that's an F minus, 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 minus. That's like, what I'm that's, saying. That's why you need to get him on the long-term. If you don't get, you don't get a long-term deal, no matter what, even if you have him for next season, to me, that drops you like a full letter grade. Like, okay. look at the way that they have identified quarterback prospects since Jerry Jones bought the team. They had the number one pick and got Troy Aikman. Then there was like, 12 years where they got literally they also nobody took another quarterback yeah. too. So Steve like with a, yeah. So like they found nobody in free agency during that time, nobody in the draft during that time. Then it took them like six or seven years to find Romo, who was an undrafted free agent that they only got because their quarterbacks coach at the time went to the same college that Romo went to. Every backup they brought in was bad. Every other quarterback that they drafted, whether it was, you know, Quinty Carter in the second round or like Isaiah Stanback, who they decided that they were going to convert to wide receiver. All of those other quarterbacks were bad. Then every quarterback that they brought in to either back up Romo or to be a prospect behind Romo 
none of those guys worked out. <laughs> like, it's ridiculous the way that they've been so bad. There is absolutely no reason to think that the Cowboys can identify a good quarterback, whether in free agency or in the draft. And people actually want them to let Dak Prescott leave. It makes no sense. It, and you're absolutely correct. And I, Dubin couldn't have phrased it any better when it comes to those that are kind of shrugging off the value and the importance of Dak Prescott. And and I, I get it. Uh, you know, it, it's recency bias to a great degree. A lot of people uh, either don't recall the quarterback void post Troy Aikman, pre Tony Romo, or they simply weren't alive to recall it. Um, but, but for those of us that know better, uh, as Dubin so eloquently laid out, I mean, unless you want uh, another uh, Quincy Carter situation, unless you want those types of years, year after year after year of trying to figure out who your franchise quarterback is, you pay Dak Prescott. He has proven himself. And, you know, those are saying, oh, well, use the non-exclusive tag and let him walk so you can get two first-round picks. I think at a certain point we need to stop overvaluing draft picks that haven't taken a snap at the NFL level. If it was that easy to find uh, a top-tier quarterback uh, at the NFL level, then you wouldn't have 30 teams, 25 to 30 teams, constantly trying to figure it out. Dak Prescott has shown he can get to the playoffs, and I believe he's shown he has the ability to make a deep playoff run. I don't think that he was tethered to the coach that could teach him how to turn the corner. I think no. Mike McCarthy is that <laughs> coach. So, all right, all right, we got to go. We got emergency siren sounding for future podcast. Um, see, you guys are proving once again that Cowboys, like if you're like the cathartic release as a like as a Cowboys fan for life since Jerry took over, is is probably one of the most important things in your life. Because, like, you can't, like, it's like you got, like, Jimmy Johnson won two titles and then Barry Switzer won one with Jimmy Johnson's guys. And really, since then, they haven't been very good. And you're going to let the quarterback walk out of the building or you're not signing him to a long-term deal. It's obvious. You got the info from me. You got the info from Patrick Walker, Jared Dubin. We'll be back with a franchise tag recap pod. You can check that out in the feed. Make sure to watch us on CBS Sports HQ. Uh, you'll see a pick six show from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. on Monday, then 8 p.m. the rest of the week. And uh, tons of podcasts coming to feed. Thanks, fellas. Talk to you soon. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.